0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co host, and Daniel Baldwin cosplayer.
1: <laughs> it's the meanest thing you've ever said to me.
0: Alex Danny. Show's over? Uh... All right, Alex is going to hang around. Show's probably over after this. Show's so probably enjoy. Over, <laughs> though.
1: Da- that Danny Baldwin comparison. Wow.
0: I. Don't think being a Baldwin is the
1: worst
0: thing you could be?
1: I think being Danny Baldwin's the worst thing you could be.
0: I mean, I could have called you Twitter James Woods. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you're joining us today, thank you, and we hope that you love the show. Uh, if that's the case, please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, uh, especially Apple Podcast app, guys. That helps us out enormously and for those of you that have done that thank you we appreciate it very much you can also see the faces that make these voices on our youtube channel nerd alchemist that's plural with an s at the end uh you can also email the show film alchemist pod at com with your ideas suggestions uh on movies you'd like to see covered new old themes double features people to have on the show anything like that we love to hear from you another way you can get a hold of us we're on all the social media you guys are on uh just look for phil malcolm's podcast guys uh that's enough business now let's dive into a film that has the hardest working vampire hunters maybe ever in a film i don't know um about that. today we're talking about john carpenter's vampires i have not seen vampires in a long time (laughs) i think it's a fascinating study in what happens when a director goes back to the well uh long after that well had maybe been plumbed up but you can see so many of the awesome john carpenter things that we all love in the movie vampires right with some extra things that make it harder to want to spend almost two hours with. <laughs> I'll tell you the interesting... uh, Alex. When's the last time you would watch vampires, and what were your initial thoughts?
1: I mean, the last time I watched vampires was probably like
0: high school, and yeah, I felt like it was the same for me. I
1: feel like this is one of those movies that's on just uh, you know movie channels a lot, and you see in chunks. Because it's, like, they, like, show it, like, ten times in a row over, like, the course of, like, seven days. So you see, like, oh, I saw the beginning, middle, and end that way. I'll be honest. This might be the first time I've watched the movie the entire way through, like, without breaks. Uh. (laughs) Wow. I mean, again, it's not. Yes. Like, it has a lot of this great, like, John Carpenter stuff in it that I love. And I I do think John Carpenter's, even though this movie is not his best movie, I think he's also, like. A, it's not his best movie. It also has a lot of room to breathe and be like a really good performance movie for some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also weird to watch this movie in the context of 2020, knowing all we know about James Woods now. It's actually really difficult <laughs> to not well, watch it that
0: let's way. Let's pause there. Right, James Wood. I mean, maybe there are people that like who he's become. Uh, he's pretty much just an old piece of shit internet troll at this point, right? Yeah. Like, just on Twitter being an asshole all the time. The weird thing is, I think you could argue, as my wife did the whole time she was not enjoying herself watching this movie with me, that James Wood is wildly hateable in this movie, long before yeah. Twitter's even a thing. Almost as if James Wood is playing his future Twitter self... <laughs> On film, which is weird, right? James Woods um, is a
1: weird choice for this movie in general. Like that's because... what I said.
0: It's so strange because if this were cast in the '80s, you're like, this is probably like Tom Atkins, someone like that, right? Like one of these kind of like tough guy, everyman kind of actors, right? The, yeah. the thing James Wood does not fit in this movie for a second, right? He's he doesn't look like a tough guy. He doesn't look like a guy who's been living on the road hunting vampires no. or could like inspire he, other people no, to do so. No, he such. looks
1: like a guy, he, one of the, he looks like a weekend warrior dad, like one of those guys who has a Harley, but like only, I mean, I only, drives it, that. only drives it. I think it on he's the, the
0: guy. Yeah, I think he's the guy that works at like Wells Fargo, but he buys a four times bigger than his neighbor American flag and talks about how much service means to him, even though he didn't serve. It's, it's strange. But even aside from that, it's just, his his role in this movie is strange because this is the weirdest thing about vampire to me and again it's not as bad because the opening scene is fucking awesome and it draws you right in you're like fuck yeah dude just like a work crew handling vampires it kind of has like a D vibe you're like yeah dude i like this i like the weapons all that is great the problem is is that this does what John Carpenter does best, which is fill fill this world with awesome, fun characters to spend time with. And then, almost immediately, kills every fun character and leaves us James Wood and Daniel Baldwin (laughs) and Valak, the three least interesting characters in the entire movie, and says... This is your lot in life. And thank God they send us the life preserver of the young priest later. Yeah.
1: Well, and they're like, who's dragging, like something and they're also, don't forget, they're there. also dragging around Laura Palmer, like the entire movie.
0: We'll we'll get to that aspect of it. Because, again, uh, the wife said, don't you dare not talk about that. And I was like, all right. Very <laughs> important. But um, it, it it's just a strange thing because one of like the first 15 minutes are so awesome to me. Right. I love the going into the house. It is weird, though, because they have this strange scene in the opening. I was like, oh, these guys suck as vampire hunters. I thought that, too. When uh, they do the door, right? They have this machine that cuts a perfect hole in the door by pumping it. But he still has to reach his arm into a den full of hungry vampires to unlock it. It's like, move that shit around until the door is, like, swing open because there's no lock. But what I like, that actually really works because there is kind of this, this movie feels like it's a, a crew of construction workers, right? Yeah. This isn't a crew of superhero, you know, Lord of the Rings-style band of the best of men. No. going. These are just guys who've got a job to do, and they're going in to fucking do it, right? right. Like John Goodman and Arachnophobia. They're just there to exterminate. That's their trade. Right. I think that vibe works super well. And kind of the sloppy clumsiness of the clearing the nest with the, you know, giant fucking spears and all the awesome weapons they have is super awesome. And the more you just see these, like, fucking pin cushion vampire bodies being dragged out to explode. Yeah. First time the girl vampire jumps on and takes 50 bullets and looks up with the contacts. You're like, I'm loving. Yeah. Everything. I love
1: the vampire kills in the beginning of this movie. Like when they drag them outside and they just burst into like, not just burst into like, Oh, they're on fire. Like they're exploding into flames.
0: That is just, which by the way is a better version to show us the curse Of if you dare come out and look at the life-giving sun, you will fucking pay. Not like oh oh, my skin. Yeah, it's not like a it's not a it's not a really bad sunburn. It's literally like they are exploding. It's awesome. Yeah, like you are going to feel fucking agony as you explode. And that is fucking awesome, right? Like I love the opening with this crew. We transition to a hotel where a cop has kind of called them in. The priest is in the room full – like, we just cut to, like, oh, we're doing butts at a hotel. That's, like, our transition shot. You're like, who could hate that? And then there's just, like, random uh, prop boobs all around the room. Like, hey, yeah. can we have a girl with boobs out? Well, And you get this cop, right? So this is the room we see with the priest in, who's, like, every time they drag out a corpse, he's just – or a vampire's like, oh, dear God. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, he's slamming drinks with the hookers, and we find out they're running a secret deal with cops, which is, you know – uh, i've been running whores and clearing out liquor stores for weeks preparing for this crew and i was like fuck yeah dude we got mark boone there you got all these kind of like tough, awesome looking yeah right who i am uh slowly pokemon evolving into <laughs> you have all of these uh just fucking awesome slayers right so you're like all right you've got the spear guys that can be a whole crew so like my D D brain is like i want to meet these kids it's this scene is like the best scene if you play Dungeons and dragons one of the worst thing that happens is when a dm's like we start in a pub what beer do you order you're like fucking fuck what you really want to get to is everyone telling you the fucked up things they did to their characters right and that's what you're waiting for here because they're sitting there you know with these whores and it's like what do you do for work i kill vampires and uh mark boone i think has the line which is like we do that but that means we know there's a god and he just goes, and we don't understand that motherfucker. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to hear these guys like, you know, it's a good doing do we- the. Yeah. I want to hear them extrapolate on that. Next thing you know, we just cut to a crushed velvet coat and you're right. like, well, that's never good. Like, that's not what you want to see at your butts party. <laughs> and next thing you know, we're just doing. Granted, we're doing amazing fucking vampire murders. Yeah. Amazing. The first but one. Me as is the like watcher, my, one of my all
1: time faves. Just like, oh, the- dude,
0: when they do the torso <laughs> rip on Boone, oh, it's fucking. They do a heart punch. They have amazing. There's a kills lot of cool scene. shit. Right. The problem is, is that as the viewer, I'm sitting there watching, and you're like, these are the guys I wanted to spend the movie yeah. with. You it's like if the thing killed everyone except for McCready and Doc in the first 15 minutes, that's not a great movie anymore. Yeah. I- like, I wanted to spend time with them. And you're coming to this realization like, oh, my God, I'm just left with woods in a Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think that's the problem with the movie in and of itself is that you introduce all these cool like and if they got picked off one by one as they traverse, I'd be a little more. Yes. OK, cool.
0: That that is the exact vibe. I wanted to see the kind of, oh, fuck, you know, we missed. They kind of did this. like, Now he's the Lord of Night. And as we get into, Valak is this super important dr- vampire. That's awesome. What if they're racing to the thing exactly like him? Because this is the thing. They show us this truck that's full of awesome weapons and all these different styles they could have had of fighting. And we're just yeah. like, nope. Well, we're not doing Now we're going to drive in like a stolen, beat-up yeah, old man car. That's
1: the problem, too. Is like, <laughs> I feel like it's such a weird movie because I do enjoy aspects of it. But this is the thing that's so frustrating is they take away all of the cool people and then immediately – they take away, like, not the, like, the uh, armored car that has all the cool mm. shit in it. They drive away in the fucking uh, but beater But it doesn't truck. serve a
0: purpose once you don't have your gang.
1: Right, exactly. So they drive away in the fucking beater truck, which then flips over, and then they have to steal a car. And I'm like, so all the things that were awesome about the first 15 minutes yes. of this movie are gone. The only thing we're left with, like you said, is a Woods and a Baldwin. And, again, I, it's a weird choice. I guess it kind of works because if you want to give James Woods room to move,
0: I- I'm not really sure to be honest with you.
1: I don't think but it really it doesn't work to, for me.
0: But right with the character of Crow, they never grow it. No. All he does every scene is don't make me whoop your ass,
1: right? And that's or like every he has two character. lines,
0: which is don't make me beat your ass because I'm tough, right? Or hey, tell me about your dick.
1: Yeah. Those are the two James Woods lines in this movie. That's like every line in this movie, or every scene in this movie is James Woods just like, he could just kick someone's ass at any moment. Like, there's never like a moment where I think he's being contemplative. I think at one point he's just like, like that scene later (laughs) on. He's got no
0: time for that. Like that
1: scene later on with the the scene when they introduce the um, younger uh, padre, because that's what they, Mm. that's what, that's the cool hip. 90s name they give to uh, all the guests, all, all the, the script
0: writers. Just like, I love terrible baseball teams. This is my chance. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> so like the Padre, so like the younger Padre, like at that scene, I was like, is he going to beat someone's ass? Like, I remember, I remember watching and be like, I missed that. Like, cause that was the weird thing is like, now I just expected him to just haul off and hit someone for the hell of it. But yeah. I actually thought about this and I wonder if this movie is more interesting to be honest with you if this starts like if you still do everything you are going to do but if this movie starts with James Woods getting bit and he has essentially 48 hours mm. I feel like this movie it gives James Woods a reason to exist in this movie because honestly like he just yeah. exists at this point to be a badass so to speak but like the 90s yeah. version of badass without any like reasoning for it if you give him a ticking clock which we have essentially anyways if you give him one though i feel like there's a lot more to there's a lot more to play with and there's a lot more for him to be like contemplative and shitty about i don't know
0: well it's it's fun too because they use laura palmer for that but not wildly effectively no i mean what you're essentially saying is that you want james wood who's uh Seemingly wimpy guy pretending to be snake plissken have the actual neck bombs of snake plissken yeah <laughs> which i actually am like just do it if we're just showing us what happens when you are the cool guy 80s guy in your younger age and just grow up to be an annoying old piece of shit who hates his job go all the way yeah. for it like fucking do it man uh the i it is one of those weird things because i just feel like this is one of those movies where I like so much of what's happening when we're doing action and mythology. Yeah. In the moment we stop and they say, hey, uh, you know, the lesser Baldwin and Woods are going to try to emote, right? They're going to give you something. The right. movie becomes almost so painful I want to turn the TV off. Like James Wood three times just doing the, my dad was a vampire oh my god He bit my mom and i i'm like he has no emotion you don't see it come through and that's the weird thing is i actually think the reason you get james wood for the or woods for this is because he is actually a really good actor he's a good right? actor like there's, and that's what i mean like you hire him for the scenes where he needs to emote right and he's just playing this you know S- stallone character that couldn't you know you just look at him you're like he can't beat anyone up he's never beat anyone up in his life like one of the cool things about but this is okay i'm gonna back this up a hair because i think in a weird way while he feels like the most miscast character ever it almost works really well sure because if he's actually a badass slayer then it because what we see a lot in this movie but near the end is like this kind of folly of the catholic church right so one cool thing they tell us right in the mythology is that they created for this kind of banned exorcism that was supposed to be more of a punishment than like actually helping out right they end up creating Valak, the first vampire right right that is a fucking great beat so the idea of this you know catholic church that's a shady corrupt shadow organization uh and they're funding vampire slayer teams because they know what they did but they want to cover it up that's all great Like, that part is really cool. Right. And the thought that this priest has kind of let James Wood keep going at this rate, being such a prick and whatnot, knowing that he wants to betray him, that kind of works that he's not this believable tough guy slayer. And, like, when you see him attack the girl, there's, like, five times when he's, like, fighting a vampire, and I think what they're trying to have us glean from that is, wow, look how tough the vampires are, but also it's like, James Wood just seemingly fights like a like a wimp. He's like, "Die, die, you die, you little fucker!" Yeah, yeah. He has a lot. <laughs> it of- looks like when my five year old attacks me,
1: and I'm just like, <laughs> "You scamp!" Yeah, he has a lot of like weird outbursts when he's hitting people. Like again, everybody has like weird little outbursts. The way they like express like Billy Baldwin. Do- Wait, no, sorry, this is Daniel Baldwin. Danny Baldwin yeah. does it. John Woods or but, James Woods does it like they're all yeah. having this like, and it's weird because it's almost emoting but all you're doing is stating frustration like yeah there's no but, other but emotion Baldwin
0: is believable in his rage and like I'll fuck you up you're like that looks like a guy who is like on the edge right there's just like a Baldwin-ness where you're like that guy always looks like he wants to punch someone he probably just did at breakfast right you know like that guy took the last like powdered donut at continental breakfast i'm gonna fucking (laughs) knock your teeth out that's kind of what this baldwin is bringing to the table right uh but there's just like the scene when like wood is not walking away from the places that explodes and he's smoking cigars and tough time it just it never feels right yeah and the weird thing is that i think what comes of it is it kind of shows you this this baseline futility because one of the weird themes that the movie does explore pretty well is this kind of lost cause, right? Like, one of the things I love is when we find out that the Cardinals betrayed him, right? Right. In the most obvious reveal of all time, you're like, well, there's only two other characters we've seen who aren't slayers. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the guy who's not, you know, being attacked by James Wood for the fourth time did it. Right. Right? <laughs> like, uh, When that Cardinal's like, you know, this is one of the moments I fucking love, which is he's like, as I got older, I questioned my faith. He's like, I've never seen a miracle. I've never heard the voice of God. The only evidence he has of something beyond the grave or some power that is godly is Valak. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll make this deal with the devil because at least it's tangible. That is a fucking awesome beat. Yes. Right? But again, that feels like one of those, why not have Baldwin betray him? Right. You know, that, that's like the weird thing is, there are so many characters on screen that don't feel like they're doing anything. Right. A lot. Right. Like there are guys running around and fighting and smacking women around. <laughs> yes. But in great multitudes, you know, this is the problem is Baldwin has Baldwin and Wood have the same problem where both the characters are so hateable. Right. So we see them. Do their job at the start. You're like, fuck, yeah, vampire hunters. I like that. And then they're drinking and, like, with hookers. You're like, yeah, I can. All right, that's cool. Like, I'd I'd be down with that if I was, like, you know, a non-married vampire hunter. Yeah, hookers and party. Let's go. Right. Right on. Then you get to, you know, oh, well, we're just going to take this prostitute because she's meat. We're going to steal this guy's car. and then. But they each have one scene where they're like, this will win us over. You're like, nope, nope. Like when Woods goes back and he's like cleaning and burying his crew. I think what they want us to take from that is look at his honor. And I was like, no. It feels though once he gets in the room, it feels a little Mickey right from Natural Born Killers. It feels like he's like ah more vampires to fucking chop up, yeah. Like he's doing it. It it it's the weird thing where it's supposed to be this code of honor, and he's like, no, I'm just I'm just getting a murder bone. Yeah, just well, I I would I would go beyond
1: that. It honestly just felt like he was doing chores. Like, we were watching a scene of someone See, just cleaning I, the house. Felt,
0: yeah, it felt more angry to me than that. Like, he's almost mad that they're such fucking losers. I mean, I don't
1: even know what the anger quotient is in this movie, because honestly, like, I mean, James Woods and Danny Baldwin spent yeah. the entire movie pissed. So, like, him to be angry that he was doing something <laughs> is, like, kind of par for the chorus in this film.
0: Yeah. But, but that's what I Not mean. Not necessarily I think that bad, scene though. is supposed to be our our honor among tough guys moment right? like he didn't leave him behind and it doesn't play that way right it's so strange the other weird part of the movie, like he's just packing the bag full of like mullets and beards and he's like oh what a pain in the ass. he doesn't even dig like a proper hole or do a cross he's like oh here's a crevasse fuck you (laughs) like it's it's not it doesn't achieve what it wants to achieve it feels like right yeah and then we have the billy baldwin scene which is easily the biggest head scratcher in the movie which is he goes out to get the worst chicken sandwiches ever right so he can eat himself into a food coma and sleep on the couch presumably he comes back and what we're introduced to is laura palmer who is you know on her way to becoming a vampire so she's tied up all right that part i'm with uh, but tied up on her stomach but naked after he's bathed her right uh you know unconscious from being smacked so many times it seems like uh and then he comes in and approaches her and instead of being like hey i got us chick-fil-a uh you know sorry you got bit by a vampire but you know maybe we'll work together and be friends he crawls up onto the bed like a humanoid from the deep right just bellies up yeah gets his head right on her and is like creepily peeling the tape and then as she rightly is like fucking terrified he's like hey I'll snap your fucking neck like a twig yes and she's scared as fuck and then he's like p.s uh please be really thankful at how fucking sweet of a guy I am <laughs> and it's like what and we're supposed to take that moment as oh look at this nice guy and then he he saves her from committing suicide that could be a moment to build on but because she you know is a vampire who saw blood and got hungry I better backhand her Yeah. That's. It's
1: so strange. In the rest
0: of the movie, they have these moments where him and Woods are like face to face over, like, she's mine to hit this. Like, they're fighting (laughs) over who gets to to be a piece of shit. So weird. But that's what I mean. Both of those scenes are a microcosm of what is strange about this movie. Yes. When they are trying to develop character, it feels so often backwards and wrong. Yeah. Because you're like, both of those scenes are supposed to somewhat show us that these are really tough murder is what the heart of gold and they do the exact opposite it so deepens the well of this guy is an untrustworthy piece of shit right. creep but it's fucking insane by
1: that rationale then the, the, cuz i i want to i'm trying to get to the i spent all afternoon after i watched this movie trying to figure out why exactly john carpenter likes uh what's is it jack crow is that his name yeah Like, why is this the character, why is this character the star of this movie? And I thought about it a lot and I realized, like, this character, like you were saying, is a grown-up, like, a character from the 80s transported in, from one John Carpenter movie to the 90s John Carpenter movie. Like, a recontextualized character in the wrong century. So we're watching this movie and we're trying to figure out, my question is, Is this movie filled with people I don't like specifically because, though, I'm not supposed to favor anything, anything regarding this. Like, I'm not supposed to favor vampires, obviously, because they kill people. But more importantly, am I even supposed to I'm not supposed to relish in the fact that these guys are vampire hunters. It's not a profession that I should. It's not a profession that anybody should be
0: sought after for. Like. Jack, See, that that part with the profession, I don't know. I think you're I absolutely on to something, though. Because uh, one of the things that really struck me was the way that these guys hunting monsters, right? The theme of to hunt these monsters and do what they do, they seemingly become monsters themselves, right? Right. They're these booze hounds. Exactly. They're horrible people. Whoremonger, you know, hitting women. They don't matter. And we see that with the Laura Palmer character. Uh, James Wood has the creepiest seduction. You're like, man, thank God she's getting paid because how does that work, right? Like, if I was a hooker, I'm like, I would be completely dried up the moment James Wood ran a line on me. I'd be like, see ya, I'm out of here. I don't care how much money you have, (laughs) fuck you. And, you know, she's still gonna do it, right? She's doing her job. And Valet gets her, and there is this moment where she smiles, right? It's almost this weird orgasmic thing. That's another one of those, I'm like... Why did you add that? Okay, never mind. Get right, past that. Right. The rest of the moment, the moment she's bitten, they start, like when they get out of the car, James Woods just, they show the montage of them walking, right? Uh, The lesser Baldwin just wiping bacon grease off his face. And they're just like taking turns, like throwing the girl on the ground. You're like, that's not helping you get where you're going faster. You're just like, fuck you, you fucking, you fucking vampir. You fucking vampir. Right? They're just like being assholes. Yeah. The whole time. And so there is a point where we're watching, and we're like, man, these guys fucking suck. I was talking to you. I can't think of a movie that has two less likable leading characters that we're supposed to somewhat root for and watch. Like by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, go with Valak. Like, yeah, I, I don't care. Like fucking take us all out. Like, <laughs> is there one human in this movie that I care if they die? No, no. And but that gets to the what they do and what they become. And especially as we start to learn, there's this other subplot of why has the church made this so secretive to the guys whose job it is. There's kind of a hopelessness to them and it's not right. It's not impossible to see why they've become such horrible pieces of shit. I mean, I think in that,
1: in that regard too, that's what makes the movie. That's what makes these characters not likable at all, but at least a little more interesting is that they do what they do in sort of the feudal hope that, Things will change. And I think that at least is a little more interesting because vampire hunting, from all the other movies we've watched and all the other comics and all the other books we've read, vampire hunting is uh, not necessarily a futile pursuit, but, or a futile pursuit, but, sorry, I was saying futile for some reason. Um, But more importantly, it's about the pursuit of your own personal brand of justice. And it's strange that, like, Jack has that version for himself, but. It's weird that there's not a scene in the movie earlier on where he literally looks at the clergy. and He's like, fuck you guys. Like, I'll just do this myself. Like, you can't just employ me and expect. I me mean, to- he
0: does when he doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to go back and reform like, the team. He, I think that's supposed to be that moment.
1: He does. But it's also for me, it's supposed to be that moment. And also like his it's also the plot device for not having to cast six new actors for a movie (laughs) but like and that's like yeah but see the cardinal is us the
0: audience like please god bring back more slayers (laughs) but that's to me like
1: the futile nature of vampire hunting within the context of this movie makes them at least mildly more interesting because you realize they're not the reason they're not good at their jobs is because they're fucking tired these guys are like dog tired of doing it because, like, I yeah. start that movie that way. And yes, obviously, they seem badass and everything. But by the end, all of them are, to me, just terrible at hunting vampires. Truly god awful. Like, there's nothing about It's, the I mean, job it's rough by do.
0: the end, but yeah. <laughs> they're at their wits' end at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly.
1: They're tired. Uh, yeah, they're over it. It's
0: just, it's appealing. Purely- it's hard, though. But I mean, there are a lot of characters that are at their wits' end, right? They're tired of the fight. They don't want to, do- like, a great example is, leon the professional right that's a guy who just wants to spray his plants but then he's called into action one last time there's one shot to do something that matters and there are just ways to do that with characters that have hit the end of their hard bloody roads right Right. uh falling down there are movies like that you know and i just this these two main characters are just so hard to swallow (laughs) There, there is a i mean it works in a way where There's something I've always thought about vampire slayers where a lot of them feel like guys who are like, I better go kill those vampires because I'm fucking jealous of their awesome lives. Yeah, I definitely like I want to live forever and wear velvet and, you know, have harems of Dracula wives. (laughs) And they're like, I better go stake that motherfucker for having what I don't want, which, again, come to find out is James Wood's greatest passion in life. (laughs) Because that's the thing. You think that he's he's seeing uh Valak, <laughs> and he's like, dude, when Valak and the other seven masters exit the grave, like that uh, fucking Creed music video love shot, that shot. Where you're like, I see them walking out, and it's cool. You're like, but right after that, there must be like at least 10 minutes of, hey, can you get the dust off of my crushed velvet Oh, please jacket, get the
1: dust yeah. out of my hair. Oh, look yeah. at my crushed velvet also, jacket. Also, as a guy so who now has...
0: Yeah, as a guy who has very long hair now, there's also got to be a lot of brushing going on, yeah. leaving conditioner. Like you know, there's stuff that has well, to happen on screen that they, makes them not. They as sleep cool, in the but- dirt,
1: but they're actually right outside, like a, a, a Holiday Inn Express, so they can like, oh god, let's finally. Oh yes, okay, good. Let's everyone, everyone. Oh, ev- thank God. Everyone, five minutes in the shower though. Five minutes. We only have enough money for one room, so five minutes each. Nobody take two more. Too long you know they don't like to refill those tiny conditioners so
0: be sparing y'all. Yeah.
1: guys guys i put up my paul mitchell don't worry it's fine yeah you we all share <laughs> this
0: is why we can't drink paul mitchell we relies on him yeah <laughs> i don't we're just we're just riffing now on we're just vampires in hotels that's where yeah. this movie sent us but the jealousy aspect i thought was kind of fun and i mean when the priest comes in This was my question, right? When you're like James Wood should have been bitten, that feels very escaped to New York for me. My question is why not bring the priest in the very first mission, right? This is the new guy. And so as he's seeing them brutally murder these corpses and corpses explode, he's like, oh God. And they're just like, You're just a bookworm, bookworm. You know, and they're like tough talking him and uh you know he's like i'm gonna start cutting on you because you know my name's crow and i want want people to believe i'm tough right like he, james wood is this in this movie to a tough guy when i say jared leto is to the joker right in suicide squad whereas he's not really playing the joker he's a guy who desperately wants people to believe he's the joker that's why he has to like tattoo ha ha, ha on his right hand. right that's what james wood is right so i just don't know if there's a world where these slayers can ever really be our conduit right like Billy Baldwin's character Montoya you're like maybe he could have gotten there because the love angle with the girl that he has definitely been assaulting and smacking around you're like maybe if you creep that down a, a hair less you could get there James Wood if he maybe actually cared about his parents you could get there yeah uh but you know I think the priest is actually he feels like the perfect bridge between this Theology, like the great mission of the church, which feels impossible and not having ever felt the touch of God, but constantly dealing with evil. Um, And the slayers who are out in the field dealing with it and being corrupted by their pursuit. He feels like the perfect lens to take this adventure in.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if you bring him in first thing, yes, I agree. Like he's the, he's the us. He's definitely the audience avatar in that regard. I mean, it's interesting though. Like they keep, They they drop hints to try to make James Woods like a good guy, like they've really tried, but it happens so late in the movie. Like after Danny Baldwin smacks the shit out of her for uh, biting her, for biting him, he comes in and he's like, "What's that bruise on her jaw?" I'm like, "Man, you don't give a shit. Why are you
0: even bringing it up?" Like, you were just pushing her down in the hot road after she was concussed. (laughs) (laughs) It's all these weird little things. That's mine to punch around. <laughs> I'm the boss over here. Keep, I'll be doing the domestic abuses. They
1: spend so much of the movie letting them like be just total assholes. When they have these little redeeming moments, you're just kind of like, I, I don't care. Which is good and bad, I guess. But at the same time, again, it again, it, it runs afoul of the ability you should have to glob onto vampire hunters, ridding the world of like this horrible evil. You're like... They are just as bad. If anything, there needs to be vampire hunter-hunters, and
0: that's the movie we should be watching. But this, this, yeah, right? Like, we need someone to go kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. You know, but this is what I mean. That That's a great example of what is so strange about this movie, because the vampires are awesome. The murders are awesome. The mythology is awesome. The opening scene, when we see a full Slayer team in action, is awesome. Some really good, deep themes. Here's a great example. So we see... Uh, James Woods character they did their mission you know he didn't get the master but he's willing to hook up with this prostitute and be one of the guys wink wink like loving it he goes from that to if you took like three scenes out right so maybe he doesn't call her oh she's a piece of trash I can use and abuse her and throws her in the car (laughs) right maybe he's like I can save you and throws her in the car right nice puts her in the cabin the cab of the car now you have, oh, he does care. There is a reason he's on this mission. He actually cares about human people. Right. Um. And then when they crash the car, instead of him being like, yeah, I better push her down a couple times, have him actually help her. Right? If you just change those two small moments. Yeah. By the time he gets to the hotel and he's like, hey, did you hit this lady who's defenseless? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so what? Then he punches Baldwin. And now you've got... At least he has some honor. Yes. But then Billy Baldwin punches him for talking shit about her. Yeah. At the church, because he had already tied her down and would have human centipeded her. Like what? See, like the logic is. I always thought
1: that moment was because he was slowly turning, so he's like feeling more protective of her. But again, that's also me like trying to movie logic my way into enjoying the performance of one Daniel Baldwin. Did you? Yeah. I mean, there's a little stock thing going on with them. Maybe. Yeah. I, I actually, i I read this. Did you know that actually Alec Baldwin had already had accepted the role before Danny got cast and he had to bail during pre-productions and suggested his brother.
0: This Betty Dick Hey, I have a brother who drives me to and from set. You guys want him to act? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but let's be fair. There's nothing for Alec Baldwin to do in this movie. This is maybe a Billy Baldwin joint. Even like, a Baldwin. I would in say there.
1: a Stephen Baldwin joint, even.
0: Oh, you think it could go as high as Steven, okay. I do. I mean, we're at the bottom of the Baldwin bucket here, but like there's nothing for him to do. And if I'm being honest, I don't even think his performance is bad in this movie. I don't think it is either. He's I, absolutely he's absolutely fine in this movie. I think Danny for what Baldwin is do.
1: does a very serviceable job of being like a lecherous
0: second in command. Do I feel uncomfortable when he's alone with a woman in the room? Yes. Yes. Do I feel like he can pull the lever on a uh cable toe? Yes. Yes. Thank Congratulations. Thank you. you have done your you job. You have the job.
1: Well. That's it. I mean, again, this movie is just so simple and like kind of straight. You're like, cool. It's two immovable objects ramming, running towards each other. Like, you know, again, it's just, it's vampire hunting. It's a little bit of a Western. There's a little bit, there's some great, there's some great horror stuff. There's some awesome kills in this movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's. but this is my point though, right? This has on paper, every single thing you want in a John Carpenter movie, right? This is an early like. If this movie had come out in the early '80s, you can only imagine the kind of film it could have been. This is why I think the '90s were not particularly kind to John Carpenter. Right. Right. We saw him make Ghost of Mars, which is essentially just not a very good version of a Snake Plissken movie, as he was going to make that the third Plissken flick. Right. Right. Um. He does have Mouth of Madness in the '90s, which is one of my favorite movies he ever made. But it's kind of more of a horror movie ghost, you know, story than has any action in it. Escape from L.A. is an absolutely phenomenal array of decisions, right? Yes. This one, though, I think this one has every single thing you want in a carpenter. You got a group of awesome tough guy characters. You've got horror with awesome fucking monsters. Amazing effect work. You have really good mythology. Yeah. The idea that the Catholics created the first vampire. Uh, there's also this thing in the movie that just kind of comes and goes. The rules of the Slayer, right? Where it's uh, it's like Wedding Crashers. Where he's just like, rule number 10. A guy doesn't bury his teammates alone. Fuck your rule. Rule number 7. Yeah. I like uh, that stuff. Don't do this. It's and a nice know, little... Fuck, yeah, the, this the, is the, the thing, Wedding though. Crashers thing. He doesn't... Crow doesn't follow any of the three rules that we know about zero (laughs) you know so it's just another one of those like why have the rules but like so it has everything you want my question is why does this movie in the late 90s why does ghost of mars they feel like they have all the kind of stuff you want and this one has a dramatically better script than ghost of mars this one's way better from the start right Why these, is it just literally that James Wood is so fucking hateable that this movie just feels so clunky at times?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think because there's no one that you feel you must, I think truly because there's no, like, we talked about Big Trouble in Little China earlier this week. I want to follow those characters around. I want them to succeed in their plans. I think the problem with vampires is that I don't care if these guys succeed. Whether they do or not is inconsequential because I really don't. Because, again, like you, there's no one to
0: root for. There's no globbing onto a character and being like, cool. Because this is the thing. Even the priest, right, who could have been that guy, he still is withholding information from total his dick. hero that he needs to solve the case. You're like, that's not a lying priest. Right.
1: <laughs> again, there's just no
0: way. Nobody... The guy who's like, "Hey, if he gets this thing, he's going to be unstoppable." Right. I better wait until James Wood starts. It's almost like he wants to get cut on in the bathroom. Well, and again,
1: like what are you doing, priest? Well, I just there's just so much about this movie that should work and doesn't. But in the in the ways that I normally expect these smaller movies like this to work. Like this movie has awesome bigger pieces it's the smaller stuff that kind of loses momentum for me and i think that's really strange yeah but again it's like
0: but that's what i that's why this movie feel i feel like there is somewhat a curse of the 90s on this right yeah where the things with the action and the prosthetics and all that that gets blown up and it becomes louder yeah but our main character just becomes dumber and thinner and so something like escape from new york that world is so fucking fun and snake plissken himself is very thin yes but he becomes iconic because he's this tough guy walking around this world full of interesting characters the brain the duke uh you know president dewey like all these (laughs) things right that are really fun and interesting characters explaining the world right in this one we got all of the interesting characters around and hope James Wood pulls us in. at the end when he tackles that board and hits Valak with sunlight one, you're like wildly anticlimactic. Like we literally just went from, you know, night exorcism ritual, James Wood on a cross to ah, boards sun, And that's how you defeat the most powerful vampire of all time. Yeah. We, and it's, yeah, a lot of I mean, I was with team. you. I was like, when he walks in with that cross, like, you're already holding the thing you need to make sure that Valak can't do what he wants. Throw that in the van and then go get his ass. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, if James Wood gets decapitated. Like, nah, all right. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay.
1: I, I'm not rooting for James Woods to finish the mission. I don't care. Well,
0: yeah. Well, there's no wish fulfillment for me when they kill Valak. And at the end, he's like, hey, priest, tell me about your boner stabbing vampires. <laughs> and I'm like, "Those scamps. I can't wait to do that some more. Like, I want to hear more about the mahogany you got stabbing <laughs> and they, I they guess they do. That's their heartwarming, like, well, lesser Baldwin, you drove your brother to set, took his job, and now you're driving away with the girl. I'm still going to come fucking murder you. <laughs> and I was like, is that like the heartfelt? And then they hug it out.
1: Yeah, like the letting him go at the end, like, I'll give you a day. head start. like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, I was like, that's so fucking sweet. Too little too late. If James Woods was really in character, you would have just it's fucking like in, murdered him right there. It's like there.
0: in Dark Knight when Batman lets himself be the villain for Harvey. It means emotionally <laughs> the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely the two those two emotional beats, very similar as far as the story. Yeah,
0: he's just like, I really want to kill you, but I'm so interested in what vampire murder does for a wreck. I
1: have another <laughs> I found another uh trivia tidbit that I wanted to run past you about this movie. Okay. The original director who was supposed to do this before John Carpenter signed on. Do you know who it is?
0: I mean, fuck, who would have been doing this kind of movie at
1: that time? Again, something that is linked to you somehow. Russell Mulcahy, the director of Highlander, was supposed to actually direct this movie.
0: This is actually opening up this entire alternate reality where <laughs> Russell Mulcahy becomes John Carpenter. Yeah. And Kurt Russell becomes Christopher Lambert.
1: Yes. It's blowing my mind why we keep coming I, up with this.
0: You know what's strange? I could see Mulcahy really doing well with this. Yeah,
1: movie. I can too. Actually, I was reading and he had a whole different take on the story itself.
0: Yeah. So I would be interested. I mean- it's the thing, this is something, it's hard because we watched, we picked this movie because we both remembered liking it, and then we watched it, and it just, we didn't love it as much as we want. Yeah. And on this show, we try really hard, right? If you're spending time with us, we assume that you love movies, so we think it's our job to talk about movies that we love also, right? Like, you don't want to come on our show and us say, you fucking moron. Yeah, that's you not You like show. vampires, you fucking idiot. And that's what I don't want to do with this show, right? There are – but this is – it is one of those fascinating when you just age and a movie changes on you. Definitely. When I was in high school, I loved this fucking movie. And I think now I'm a little more older and I'm I'm more hung up on the fact that these guys fucking suck. Yeah. And it it really is hard because it has all the building blocks. And I do wonder – it's just two changes. And this is the other thing. I don't like us on this show saying – hey, we could rewrite your movie better because clearly we're both unsuccessful screenwriters. Yeah. But I, yeah, can't, I do wonder, I was like, if the main actor was the priest and then we just had to suffer uh, Baldwin and Woods as part of our job and see that the monster hunter has become the monster, that's a classic movie. Yeah. At least then the priest who's not lying about, you know, the black cross or whatever and is truly being as helpful as he can and honorable... Maybe then, and then seeing him maybe go a little too far, right? He's close to the edge. Maybe that's something to latch onto. Maybe if we just have more hunters so you can see more of this kind of horrible guy who's had a hard life and bad job spread out, maybe that's... it, It is weird because on paper, I should love every single thing about this movie. But watching James Wood act in it, who again, I think is a really great actor. I'm not... Saying this because he's become an absolute fucking uh valic on Twitter. It's just because in this movie that main character is so fucking hateable. It it's just so strange to me where I find myself with vampires after all this time. <laughs>
1: it's a peculiar thing, and I, I mean, yeah, I feel like this was a movie. I mean, okay,
0: so answer me that: Is it really just that there is no one to root for? I mean. Cause I don't think there's like big structural problems with the film. It, it feels like it has e- the everything. movie moves fine.
1: I mean, there is like yeah. some weird pacing issues I have, like after they crash the car and they just sort of do that weird, like stranger than paradise thing for about five minutes. Yeah. where they're just like sitting on the side of the road.
0: Well, say you're like, I don't need to know that they have to steal a car to get back. Yeah, like, I don't give just, a shit about any of that. Just have them show up in a different car but and I'll understand. I
1: really truly believe. <laughs> and again, this is like, yes, we're older and like, we've, watched a lot of movies and we've spent a lot of time talking about this kind of thing. And I truly and honestly believe when movies don't work for us, it's because we don't have anyone to root for. And I think it
0: feels to be one of our, cause you, I remember when you did not like humanoids of the deep, that was part of it. Right. Like there are just movies sometimes like, and I don't know. Cause I was like, maybe I'm crazy. And it's just cause my wife kept being like fucking really like we're smacking the lady again. And, and I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like these guys suck. Like, I don't think the movie's saying that they're cool for doing that. No, I don't think you know? it is
1: either. But I do think there's a there's a real there's a veracity to the need for us to have people that we like in a movie. And I think when we watch characters that are like wholly irredeemable, it's really difficult to say like, oh, that was it's interesting. It factors heavily into like me being able to go like, Well, that was a good movie. Like, even characters that I don't necessarily think are good people, like Snake Pliskin, I still enjoyed a lot. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a terrible person. I still enjoy the movies that are made about him, though.
0: Mm -hmm. John Hammond from Jurassic Park. Horrible piece of shit. John
1: Hammond, huge piece of shit. And yet, I'm still watching Jurassic Park.
0: It's so strange. I even thought, like, what if there was an extra scene? Like, they had that great, hilarious moment where uh, driving Miss Baldwin comes back at the end, right? (laughs) And he does that amazing, he pops up and shoots the the cross. And I was like, well, just the physics of that are all wrong. I was like, what if that scene ends with, they pull the cross down and fucking James Wood is just splattered and then dragged across the road. And they're like, oh shit, Crow's dead. <laughs> and then the priest just walks off by himself at the end after having killed Baldwin. That would have been That Would that have been? An, I, just, I just keep thinking, I'm like, this movie has everything I like. 65 to 70 percent of the movie i really enjoy myself watching there's just these moments with these two guys that i can't fucking stand and when seeing them not as the main lens or seeing them killed by the end how much would that increase the value of this film to me it's 20 i mean this is 50%? like percent. that's the real
1: question <laughs> of the pod itself is that like why do we enjoy this movie well we don't now we did it another time but the question is why and how would and I
0: wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it. It's just one of those. not
1: enjoyed, but like it's one of those things where like I don't have anyone to root for. So like I get to the end of the movie and I'm like, oh, that was a movie. Cool. Well, at least it wasn't over two hours long. Like that was like yeah. that's like the biggest thing. So
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's strange. I vampires again. And, and we hate not being more optimistic about a movie. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think we said a lot of stuff that worked really well. A lot I of was fun. really into the Catholics creating the first vampire. That's, That's awesome. such a fucking That's good That's a great riff. beat, man. It's such a good riff I don't know. I i love those Teams of Guy movies too. Like, it is the Dungeons and Dragons players in me. The team of Slayers trying to make it to Like there's a movie that came out, this the terrible uh King Arthur movie that came out in like 28, 2008 whatever, right? You remember oh, that? Oh, the one with the pylon, yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember everyone was like, this movie sucks, and I was like, what? Cause they just had this gang of guys running through a forest fighting people. Yeah. Ray Stevens is in it. He's like, has a hammer or giant ax. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll man. do this movie. Yeah. They have a falconeer who uh, is uh Mads Milken. I believe is it. I'm like, yeah, Perfect. all this movie works for me now. I'm cool. <laughs> so it doesn't take a lot. <laughs> it just, it hurts me when, when a movie sours in my mouth. Right? Agreed. I feel like a vampire who goes to eat a Big Mac. You're like, oh, I only like the blood. Now The so ketchup. No longer works. All right, guys, that's it for vampires. I hope you liked it way, way more than we did. Again, a movie that had so much going for it and just something didn't click all the way in for us, man. Uh, But that we will be back with more Carpenter this month. Uh, You will be hearing Mouth of Madness uh, that I will be recording with my friends, Mike Cloud and Kevin Weinman. Cloud has been harassing me to do Mouth of Madness since we started the pod. So I I felt like I could not possibly not let him join us for that. Yeah, we have some other good stuff coming up on our way to Carpenter. You guys selected the fog as well, what we will wrap the month up with. And a couple more surprises if we can get them in for you. Uh, As always, please take a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find pods, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out a ton. Subscribe to our uh, our YouTube channel if you want to see our faces and hear our voices. I'm sure James Wood won't be doing that now. (laughs) Uh, That's nerd alchemist, plural with an S at the end. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. If you would like to uh, have us talk about some movies, any ideas, themes, double features, guests, anything like that, uh, we love to hear from you guys. On that note, you can also find us on every social media platform. Uh, If you're there, we're there, and we want to talk to you guys. All right. We'll be back with more John Carpenter goodness for The Film Alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey.
1: I'm Alex Dandino.